clear. We are the weirdos. I am God. What? I tried to warn her. Welcome back to Odds Tyrion. I'm your co-host Sam Weinman, and I'm here with Jordan Cruciola. And we are unpacking your millennial horror faves. Or maybe they're not your faves. (laughs) Um. (laughs) They're not your faves yet. They're not your faves yet. But that's what we are gathered here to do is to change hearts and minds. That's our one mission. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) That's it. Nailed it. So today, because it is Christmas Eve, friends. Right. Yeah. And I cannot stop milking this holiday for all that it's worth. So you have had, I think, more Christmas content than you've had just Ott's content. Yeah. If no, I'm not mistaken. Point, the way that the way the scales have aligned themselves, I think it's the preponderance of we're at the very least we're at like 50-50 Christmas content to Ott's content. And I am here for it. Yeah, I think this was, <laughs> not by design. This was your subconscious willing into existence. Of it was split. like, we can do one more. Yeah, yeah, we can do one more. Of course we can. So what we've what I've brought to you today is a film that takes place entirely on Christmas Eve. Um, yeah. To celebrate uh, to celebrate the occasion, um, it is, is the good, much maligned. Yeah, the early an early two thousands. <laughs> We're getting an early two thousands entry here. No, it's it's twenty twelve. Wait, this is twenty twelve. Girl, I know. That's why I'm bringing it. Okay. Okay. Can you believe? All right. Okay. 2012. So immediately, inadvertently, Jordan has hit on the exact reason yeah. why this movie is here today. I I, so, I subconsciously assigned this movie to the early If 2000s. you were to guess, yes. Yeah, if mm-hmm. you were going to put a year on it, what mm-hmm. year would you say this movie was? Between 2003 and six. Absolutely. What are some of the telltale markers that this is a 2003 to 2006 film? Uh, Jamie King in the starring role. Absolutely. Our Jamie- final girl is Jamie King. Yeah, Jamie King in the starring role, which like this is a, that would have put this around the time of like not too far off of Sin City, which I think is probably, I would say her highest profile role. Sort of the mass population would, would most quickly recognize her from her part in that. And, Absolutely. And ju- the... The uh, really leaning into messy exploitation aspect of it, the like this could be an oh, Eli, yeah. like this could be produced by Eli Roth aspect of it, mm-hmm. um, and the heavy reliance on like if not in your face all the time, the movie feels like a movie that wants to show you boobs constantly. Con- yes, absolutely, and uh, if, and f- for everybody at home right now who was like, but Sam, all the Steadicam looks like it was shot. On an iPhone. It does. Or a GoPro. <laughs> yeah. It's like, listen, I hear you. I, I am I am taking that complaint. Noted. We're moving on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. GoPro <laughs> so, for sure. GoPro for sure. Here is what we have. Mm-hmm. We have a time capsule for a time that it is no longer a part of. So yes. what is so spectacular about this movie, and, and this is how I choose to view it, and I understand right now. I'm going to say it. I'm going to be the first to say it. I know I am watching this movie wrong. I know I'm wrong. We do what we have to do. We do what we have to do. The way I see this film, Jamie King's performance as Aubrey is so good. It's it's really good. She's doing a great job. She is killing it. Yeah. She is playing a very real woman who is trapped in an early aughts film. That is how I watch Silent Night. That is a fascinating 
if that is, you go that, through I get I get what you're saying like okay so is this your because the, before we last night we were texting about this and Sam was like okay so I need to explain some things and then we established when we were going to record and he was like all right I'll explain tomorrow is this is this your explanation the this meta, is my explanation like, the, essentially Jamie Jamie King got trapped in the snow globe of Silent Night Jamie King has been snow globed <laughs> Jamie King is the Christina Milian of the Anchor Bay Horror Universe. Wow. Okay. I see it. So I here is my it. allow me to make the argument as we continue because All right. yeah. look, I, I know this is a Neon Demon situation where it's like this movie was made and it was actually so misogynistic or or through the straight white male lens yeah. that it's actually like came back around and was accidentally doing this thing that it didn't yeah. mean to do. But maybe I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. Maybe I don't think I don't think this was on purpose. But I do think that the person that changed everything is Jamie King. I think when she is she is the element that um, emotionally is in contrast to because another signature of this movie is a, a signature millennium trope of this movie. Everyone's an asshole. Everyone. Everyone's an asshole. Bad at their jobs. Um, it's, it's got a very nihilistic feel to it and obvious, and the gore is very good. Like what this movie, this is an exploitation movie. It, it's, it's going, which is what made me feel like the, well, it has very Eli Roth sensibility. It feels like, a, all right, we're going to make an exploitation, like 70s style, like Christmas horror movie, but except it's the 2000s. So we do a lot with gore and we can show more things. Like that was what I was getting. But Jamie King is the only one delivering a performance that exists in like the Christmas drama regardless yes. of everything else happening around her Jamie King is in a different movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and what I'm excited to tell you let me let me set the stage for 2012 yeah I yeah. think what's important to go into this is to look at like kind of the the pop cultural um entry point because mm-hmm. it was as much as it stands out as an early aughts film now then it really did. People were like, what the <laughs> fuck is yeah. coming oh, out of my yeah. red box? <laughs> so Silent Night is technically a remake of Silent Night, Deadly Night. Right. Yes. Now, there are four moments where <laughs> there are remake moments or nods to the original. Mm-hmm. There's the scary grandpa scene. Mm-hmm. There's the uh, kill where he puts a woman over like the, the deer horns. Yeah. Followed by giving a gift to Cindy Lou Who, but not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's... The moment when this guy takes out trash bags and he's like, what is it, garbage day? <laughs> Guys, listen, when you're in film school <laughs> and, 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 and all your buddies are laughing at your like lazy joke, uh-huh. just like run it by a woman, run it by a queer person. I'm just, I promise you, we will help you make it funnier. Yeah, we it, really you, you will. We will punch it's that It's not up. enough to just be a nod. <laughs> you, <laughs> and what, it's 12 at night. What is it, garbage day? No, it's not. It's 12 at night. Tomorrow's garbage day, buddy. Anyways. It, Okay, so we're at three. Uh, (laughs) I think what what uh, the fourth is more of a general, but it's um, Jamie King Mm -hmm. has trauma that allows us to enter our favorite trope, Jordan, the very sad mystery. The very it is a very sad mystery. You're right. And we were kind of done with very sad mysteries by 2012. Yeah. I, and I would say one of the one of the one of the tail end very sad mysteries aside from the quiet, like mm-hmm. we really had another Jamie King spectacular in two thousand nine um, with my bloody Valentine. 
Right, that's right. Which, which was I, also uh, a very sad mystery. Which is a very sad mystery that I revisited it earlier this year. Had a great time. Had it's a, such a good time. It's such a good time. That's Jensen Ackles, correct? Um, I don't know who that is. He's he's the he's the uh, high and tight buzz cut star of Supernatural with the big square jaw. Oh, okay. Very handsome. Listen, those guys are not brothers as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) No, that's an adoptive situation. (laughs) Yeah. So Jamie King, um, who I think has been fantastic up until this point, Mm -hmm. but then you you get her in this movie where it's like, wait, what's happening here? Mm -hmm. It opens on a purely blue and like a guy is shaving in a blue bathroom with a grimy yellow sink. Yes. Um, Everything about the decor and the way it's shot it is a Saw movie. Mm-hmm. The 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 guy the, Santa has a guy wrapped in Christmas lights around his head like it's a Saw contraption, but they never reveal that it is. Mm-hmm. Somehow, this guy just fused a bunch of Christmas lights to a crown. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. it, it really is so odd. It mm-hmm. actually feels like it's making fun of the fun of the era. Yeah, like it feels like it's in on the joke. It's but putting it's so not. many of the components of that decade in um, too late. And so therefore, yes. it, therefore, and years it, too late because it comes so much later, it makes it feel ickier to watch because you're yep. like, oh no, we, we grew past this. Like we, we're doing this, but we're doing this, but we've refined it now. And it feels like, it feels like a regression. And I say this as somebody who enjoys the experience of watching it, but I think this is, it's very important that you've brought this to the attention of, of the Ots Tyrion classification system because the way you watch it makes it Tyrion. the way you watch it makes it a piece of cinema <laughs> within the within the like the the timeline of how we progress in horror film aesthetically and narratively this makes it a very key point of study and consideration i Love you for saying that. Thank you for <laughs> thank you for looking. Because here's the thing, Jordan. When I I had this moment lying in bed last night, I was like, "What have I brought to this podcast?" <laughs> I I am gonna fire myself. <laughs> like I'm this firing is, myself. I'm walking out of the studio. To this opening scene has here are some positives. Santa Claus, great outfit, mm-hmm. just really it's a working. Great Santa villain. The whole He's, like black modified like old man mask with the blacked out eyes. It's a you know very when you go to like CVS and there's like those ninety nine cent makeup masks or old man masks. Yeah, it's that like he cuts that. I'm yeah. explaining for people at home who are definitely not going to watch this movie. Um, <laughs> and he's and, heavily and they like shadowed around his eyes, and it yes. looks like looks like eye like eye black around it, and it looks it very looks like cool. Britney Spears Instagram, like on a <laughs> on a bad day. It's like that kind of eye black. So again, very odds. Very odds. Um, and and so it's it's a pretty menacing Santa, and I'm gonna give it this: mm-hmm. the scares are fucking good. The kills in this if, movie are great. Even if you are watching while you text, this movie will demand that you look up and then gets and then it will scare you. I don't know yeah. how they did that because we weren't watching movies like that then. Yeah. But it does. It has certain audio cues to let you know, and then you're like waiting, and it gets you. And the, the scare, the gags are, they're okay. Mm-hmm. The scares mm-hmm. are fucking good. You yeah. will jump out of your seat. So it does have that. Mm-hmm. But in the opening scene, you have a guy that's like tied up by Christmas lights. And what is he? He starts shouting at the Santa Claus. He's like, she was begging for it. What the fuck did you? What the fuck? Is Santa killing a rapist? We're two minutes in. Yeah. Yeah. We just got here. 
And what what you are now being introduced to is every man that you are about to meet in this movie. Absolutely you are. He sets the tone for every man that's going to come out. Everyone. Oh, and it's worth mentioning that Malcolm McDowell is here and he is the sheriff. Also, Malcolm McDowell in a different movie. Yeah, Malcolm McDowell Malcolm, is in- Malcolm McDowell is in Airplane. Malcolm McDowell is in the movie that Malcolm McDowell is always in, which is separate from whatever <laughs> anybody around him is doing. Yes. And he's so good at it. Much like he is Udo giving here an is 11. always in his own movie, and that's why you want him, so too is Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm McDowell, I, I, not to skip too much ahead, but he has a series of lines at the end where he is just, he's like, He can run, but he can't hide. I want this son of a bitch behind bars before dawn, or my aunt's my uncle. You know he's just riffing on, like, crazy old white man shit, and he's yeah. doing it. Yeah. Like, he knows this character, and who he plays is just the most disgusting, <laughs> like, just male-centered. Like, he's everything I hate about following straight people on Twitter. <laughs> That's this man. He's, he's, a show, <laughs> he's a chauvinist. He's yes. He's a chauvinist whose opinions are facts. Oh, and he's so quick to let you know when he did something right. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, my God. Like, they, he nails it. And and so, oh, go ahead, please. No, I was just gonna say, I think the extreme nature of his character and the the excellence with which Malcolm McDowell can carry a role like this off, I think it actually just speaks to your argument about this being a snow globe movie. I I totally feel like, in much in the way that we've heard things about your next, I feel like in this movie, Jamie King mm. and uh, Malcolm McDowell mm. looked at the script and they were like, "What do we do? <laughs> yeah. We're we're gonna turn it. We're gonna snow globe it." Because what it feels like is he knows exactly who he is and Jamie King. This is the best part. So let me at least setting up the stage for how she is. But like uh-huh. what it, she she goes into work. Malcolm McDowell calls her into work on Christmas Eve. She's like, look, you know, today's like a hard day for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so setting up the very sad very mystery. Very sad mystery. And, uh, and he's just like, listen, you're a woman. Please just come in. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, like this is you have feelings. Stop. Yeah. So she, so she like says goodbye to her dad, who's like the only good man in this town. Yeah. And which lets you, which tips you off early. You're like, mm, he's probably gonna die, isn't he? There's no he, way he can make it. He's such a love sweet man. The child. There's no way he. Can They're make doing it. a crossword together. She's like, yeah. what's a six sided item? Yeah. Dad's <laughs> like, maybe it's a hexagon. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just like he probably I mean, looks like Santa. Yes. Yes. He's a uh, jolly so, looking man. She's on her way to work. It's a tough day. It's going to be bad. But he, And then they're already having reports of like a really weird Santa mm-hmm. in town. So in this world, we're to believe that some traveling Santa <laughs> yeah. has set up shop in the middle of the town mm-hmm. so kids will sit on his lap and he can tell them the truth about the world. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she has come to shut him down despite the fact that he has a permit. This is the central conflict. Yeah. This is – and also, again, like now that you've got me on this – it he starts to if I watch it the way you're if I think about it the way you watch it then he starts to become a critique on the nihilism of the 2000s. Thank you. Wow. Now welcome to my world, baby. And, and Donald <laughs> Logue, Donald Logue plays his character and he's doing a great job. Like Donald he Logue plays a great it. piece of shit. Like he's really good at that. And his dialogue consistently to the end of the film is that critique. Yeah, it he is. He goes, it is. even when he's in a jail cell, he doesn't, yeah. he's still, he is still being that mouthpiece. So yeah. he's like narrating post 9 11 cynicism. He's like shouting it at a police officer. Where's my figgy pudding? Where's my stocking full of gifts? 
Where's my Calvin Klein underwear, my cable TV, my replica Tim Tebow NFL jersey? Where's my fancy cologne? Where's my gift wrap Norman Rockwell wife? Then you have the garbage day coworker, the guy who takes the trash out, and of course has to make a comment about like kids giving you a boner if you're Santa Claus. Yeah. Like then you're like, oh right, oh my god, it's an odds film, right? This is how people talk. Like yeah. you know, it's so edgy. And yeah. then they pretty much go from that scene to like a soft core porn shoot in a yeah. motel. Here's another odds. With odd the trope. mayor's daughter in a with the mayor, thank you, as mayor- a sexy Santa. First of all, soft core <laughs> porn odds. Softcore yeah. porn will never yeah. exist again. There is yeah. no market for softcore porn when you there's have Google. No, there's no HBO After Dark anymore. No. <laughs> like, there's uh, no equivalent of, like, which I, I wonder how many millennials this was formative for who had the premium cable channels. Like, like watching Real Sex After Dark on HBO and that being, like, really the most, like, quote-unquote porn I've ever consumed was just, like, seeing that Real Sex was on and or like taxi, I loved you real know, sex. taxi, cab taxi, tra- yes, and fucking like the, in the backseat of a taxi. Like post eleven, post eleven p.m. HBO block. There's yeah. no market for that anymore because no. There, what what is that even? That 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 is such like gossamer filtered. Like you said, softcore, <laughs> softcore porn, and we're to believe this is such. And again. Such an odds trope, but we're to, we're to sit here and believe that this person is a sinner because she was in like a naughty calendar for Santa Clauses. <laughs> yeah. Get the fuck out of here, softcore <laughs> porn. I want I want a high powered woman with an OnlyFans or nothing. Yeah. Get her out of here. <laughs> yeah. This is this is this scene is what what men and this is the reminder. It's like, and I don't want to read somebody I've never met. I don't know this man's intentions, so right. here's the disclaimer. But I will say, you ever watch a scene and you're like, this person has never fucked a woman. <laughs> that, yeah, that's like you get, what it's like to watch the motel scene you're like this you, person doesn't know that's so much of what and this is I was watching a bad horror movie the other night that I won't drag here um that just has all three of the women who are in this movie end up naked uh well I guess four since there's a creature that's a woman so we could say oh, four cute. women end up naked and fucking men in this movie and it's just like you watch it and I feel like it elicits that similar sensation, which for me, it registers into my brain as your only exposure to sex is porn, isn't it? Like you said, yep. it's the it's the you like you've never had sex with a woman. Your 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 vision of what sex should be comes from porn, I think, because it doesn't nothing feels sexy about it. Like I, yes. I, I, I am a panromantic or asexual person. I think at baseline, women are the more attractive of, of the spectrum. I, I shouldn't feel turned off innately by seeing naked women on screen, but I'm sorry if you don't do it artfully or interestingly, that's not anything I need. There's too much nudity everywhere for you to just serve up your half-baked version of what you saw on Cinemax. And that was like a formative thing for you when you were growing up. And so that's how fucking needs to look on screen. No, it's so yep. boring. It's so basic. And it is so not flattering to the women that you are trying to make these very desirous presences on screen. Let's snow globe this for a second. Now, yeah. in in the uh, classic 
early aughts Christmas film, if you listen to our minisode, mm-hmm. uh, Snow Globe, starring Christina Milian. Yep. Uh, Christina Milian plays a woman who's just too busy for Christmas. You know what I mean? And so <laughs> yeah. she, like, gets trapped in a snow globe and has mm-hmm. to, like, learn a valuable lesson to get out. Yeah. But, like, ultimately, like, she kind of wants to stay, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, really, she is, like, the one real thing in this world of very, of, like, hyper Christmas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, when we look at Jamie King as a very real person in a world of hyper aughts, what we yeah. have is an unbelievable scene. Every every scene is unbelievable, except she has an, a running gag. Mm. Look, to me, it's a gag where <laughs> she ta- every man that talks to her, she replies with, Okay, sure, buddy. Like, basically, yeah. like, yeah. like, she doesn't give a fuck. She is waiting for him to finish his line because what she does constantly, and this is what's so masterful about the performance, yeah. she doesn't yes and. She deflects and moves on, uh-huh. just like a woman would have to do in yes. a world like that. And it, and they like, never do that in Oz films. And this movie, this movie absolutely is taking advantage of the construct to have as many men as possible ask Jamie King if she's been a naughty girl this year. For 10 bucks, you can sit on my lap too. And we'll talk about the first thing that pops up. Oh my God. Also, okay, if you're gonna remake Silent Night, you've gotta have him say naughty and punish. You can't have him say not good. Yeah, yeah. The fuck? That is not. (laughs) Not good. Not good. Like, oh, like that was the most, like, we don't hear you speak the entire film. And then when you do, it's not good. Like, that's all you're going to give us. It's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. (laughs) Much like all the men around Jamie King, it's not enough. So you're watching this film thinking, okay, well, what are the rules of how he kills? So we've got an asshole, possibly rapist, killing first. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. Second kill is a real shitty little girl. Yeah, it's a child. It's a dickheaded child. The way that children are never in real life, because the way children are dicks in real life is they're just so fucking selfish. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and and the, and and the part that makes them so awful. Sorry, but I just don't love kids. I'm sure there there are kids I like. Yeah. But look, the part that makes kids unbearable is that they don't know that they're selfish. Yeah, yeah. That's and that's, you know, and it's the, kind we, of like your you know megalomaniac friends on Twitter who live in L.A. I I. What I, there is a, there is an all time 2000s line in this movie from the bitch child who like, we open on mom, like taking medication, like taking pills in the living room (laughs) and the girl, this tween, this little tween walks up, slaps the pills out of her hand and just hits them onto the floor. And she's like trembling. She looks like she's having, she's having some sort of like tremor of some kind. And the mom just looks at her and goes, doing honey those are mommy's heart pills i need those (laughs) oh my god and the little girl's follow-up is need to take me to the mall (laughs) i mean the case gets stronger and stronger with each example we pull up for this being a snow globe situation how is that not a parody and this is how, all, and again, I, I, I feel like I don't, I want to try and find more interesting points to make, but it is the same one again and again, because <laughs> yeah. this little girl is written the way that children, especially in the aughts films, were oh, yeah. written. Like, it, it just reeks of um, Friday the 13th remake, it reeks of House of Wax. Like, yeah. like, the, like, the comedy is all snark. None of it is, and, and it's all so self-aware. So this child, which is what makes her a departure from an actual child, yeah. she knows she's being shitty. Yeah. Like, she says, you need to take me to the mall. And the mom says something at church. She's like, 
fuck church, which I loved. <laughs> yeah, she lit- yeah, not not like metaphorically fuck church. She literally says, "Fuck church." Then the little girl goes to the door, answers the door. The scariest Santa Claus ever is at the door, <laughs> and she is not alarmed. No. She, she looks at him and she's friends. like, yeah, what did you bring me? Yeah. <laughs> Immediately expecting a gift. I was floored. I have never. even, You know, like, maybe Santa at the mall is going to give you a tiny candy cane. Maybe. Yeah. If you're lucky. It's 2020. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Even in 2012, the economy's tough. So <laughs> then he pulls out, like, a taser. Um, yeah, it's like a cattle. Or, it's like a, I think it's meant to function like a cattle prod kind of thing. Like, that right. level of electrical charge being being out there. Her response is, that's not what I wanted. Yeah. I am living. So at this point, this is the point where I'm fully signed on to the film. So yeah. I, if you are wondering where on this roller coaster ride I am in, yeah. I'm on board at that moment because I am seeing exactly what this movie is going to be. Yeah, you're seeing the Matrix at this point. You cannot, You, it's the zipper on the back of Mickey Mouse, baby. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> they and don't care. He's smoking that, like, backstage. There are, there are, you know, there are, there's child horror. Like that, that's absolutely a thing where you have evil children, bad things happen. But like, you don't typically see egregious things happening to kids, in, even in horror movies, unless the movie is about bad things happening to kids. Yes. And this, this bad Santa cattle prods this girl in the chest shaky cam going fucking nuts until she starts foaming at the mouth and convulsing before stabbing her through the neck with a fire iron. How is this not produced by Eli Roth? Now I don't know. Now I don't know. You said it and I'm like, there's no way he passed on this. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is his shit. Yes. Like, bread and butter. So... (laughs) So then when we move on to the rest of the kill, so then I'm thinking, okay, well, then maybe, like, what the thing is here is, like, shitty people die. Yeah, and yeah. And then you're thinking, okay, because then you're introduced to, like, Jamie King goes to church and is, like, molested by the by the priest. They, like, the, the rapidity Not with which the priest is established as a sexual predator is literally the first glance he gives the first word he says the only thing it's not like oh he's gonna subvert this and like later on he's gonna be revealed to be a pervert from go he is a criminal liability if there's anything i can do to ease your pain anything at all there, no wonder on Christmas Eve there's only one person in his church service. Yeah. That's the that's the busiest night. That's when everybody's trying to like check their punch card for God. Yeah, yeah. You know what and I mean? That's, yeah, that's when the Catholics are showing up. If you if you aren't on church on Christmas, you are going to hell. I'm, as far <laughs> I mean, I haven't read the whole book, but I feel like that's yeah. in there. Yeah, you're like I read the last page, and that's my takeaway. <laughs> it's in it, and so you know, there's like one old lady at the church. Like, so Jamie goes and like, oh, sorry, uh, Aubrey. But yeah. Jamie. So yeah. Jamie, because Jamie is her own character in this film, is yeah. in this church and she's praying about her past because we don't get to hear it because it's a prayer. Yeah. And, and But the priest seems to know about it. And he puts his hand on her shoulder and squeezes it to a degree that it looks like it would be painful. Yeah. And Jamie gives him a look that says, we are in a different cinematic universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it is fully rejecting <laughs> Who he is, what he is. She might have actually, this might be her first day in this town. (laughs) I realized because she just got to, because the the priest is so consistent 
That yes. there's no way he hasn't been this all the way along. Why no, does she go to this church? Single, he has a single Again, mate. another argument for Jamie King has been snow globed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She is so right. she's out of here. Mm-hmm. So at, then we get to the then we get to the, the precinct at some point, mm-hmm. and that's where like the shitty dude who is like taking out the trash makes the comment, and then there's we're introduced to one other woman. Oh, thank mm-hmm. God! Right, like there's yeah. gonna be a character we can like. Yeah, we have a receptionist. We have a, she's a receptionist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Welcome to the wonderful world of jobs for women. Yeah. So you can be <laughs> the cop that isn't that gets shit on all the way through. Or you can answer the phone. Completely disrespected woman in law enforcement. Or you can pick up the phone. You can wear the headset. This is where I like to put a little crossover for Black Xmas 2006. Because you know she's the woman that answered the phone and was like, but ma'am, do you know the victim? (laughs) Yes. Yes, I know know her. her. (laughs) She's the operator on the other line. She would ask something insane like that. Because we proceed to watch her do exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. She should not be on the phones. She should. And and I think, I think you know, as far as receptions go, I think when Black Xmas came out, I think people who were uncharitable about it or who didn't give it a chance or who, like, went in with their mind already made up, I think they thought Black Xmas was going to be what Silent Night is. I agree. That is so fucking well said. Because if you watch the trailer for Black Xmas, mm-hmm. what was actually in the trailer... It looks like a trailer for this. All the yep. way down to the lights being pulled, like the machine, the wood yep. chipper. Yep. Like, it's just like, it is literally the same shit. Yeah. It's like, some, it almost was like, the, that's such a good point, because it's like the pitch meeting was like, hey, you know how that didn't work? Let's make the movie we were supposed to. So it's kind of like, based on the trailer for wow, Black yep. Xmas comes, comes Silent, Silent Night. Silent Night. Yep. Which nobody who loves Silent Night will ever acknowledge as a remake. I think it's so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like people don't even they don't even want it they will sooner talk about silent night deadly night part five <laughs> like only released to vhs they will they would rather talk about like the toy factory or part three where like there's a brain transplant of billy into like i think a woman it's like people want people would rather talk about that than this movie <laughs> which is but a huge missed opportunity as we are establishing but luckily scene yeah. after scene jamie kennedy um, is ready to reel it back in. So we're in that precinct. Jamie and- King. Jamie King. Sorry, Jamie King. Wow. Jamie King is it. Or sorry, Jamie Kennedy. Yeah. He's in the snow globe. <laughs> yeah, he, he's somewhere. He's Next mayor. Time over. Next table. Over. <laughs> so uh, when that creepy dude, her, her coworker says yeah. something, she looks him in the eye and she goes, has anyone ever done a background check on you? Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> I got my life i was just like right this is i think this is i don't think this is in the script what was in the script is that shitty line where she's like oh i hope he changed he's better change his maxi pad or whatever it was like that misogynistic line like that line and you can hear her choking it out she's like i do not want to say this (laughs) but when she reads the men of this town to phil you know that is her You're right. It's her first day in Cryer, wisconsin and she's just trying to fake her way to survival that's it and she is not having it with these aughts cartoons. <laughs> they are cartoons. They are they cartoons. Are. And in such a way that, like, it was the era that it is c- coming after that it is on the f- feeding off the fumes of it was based so much in cartoonishness. Like, it is it is what Bruce LeBruce wrote in his on on camp, his own on camp essay about yes. bad straight camp. 
This is like taking... is that. It's taking the bad straight camp of the 2000s and being like, you know what? We need to deconstruct bad straight camp. And so it's being egregious straight camp. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I would say if if we were to pinpoint, I'm right? In like the if I were to snow take globe right now, I've been putting <laughs> snow globe. You know what? I'm glad I didn't warn you last night. I'm glad we got to go into this fresh with this is, no. This is you my, didn't know where I was taking this. This is my red pill moment. It's <laughs> <laughs> this conversation about Silent Night. I feel like how many aughts horror films did a topless woman in cut off denim? run through a, a parking lot i feel like a lot <laughs> and if not if not literally existentially in all of them they, like they right outside of a motel i feel like i feel like when i saw that i was like oh i've been here okay <laughs> yeah. she uh, rather than running into the rest of the town she runs to a christmas tree lot yeah it, where it, it was it was like either this motel where the soft core is being filmed is on the outskirts of this small town, or this woman has just run screaming in the dead opposite direction of any place that could provide assistance to her. She has fallen out of a second-story motel window after Bad Santa has... Into trash because it's a cartoon. Into trash, which has broken her fall. She she was in the hotel room where the softcore was being shot. The guy who was filming it has been murdered. The other woman mm-hmm. in the shoot has been murdered. Bad Santa's coming for her. She falls out this bathroom window trying to escape. And it's like, oh, no, she's going to splatter on the pavement, which you're kind of expecting. You're like, oh, of course, her, her great escape will be foiled by basically an accident. She's going to die anyway. And we'll see a shot of Bad Santa looking down from the bathroom and staring at her and then moving on. No, no, no. She falls into trash gets up topless and then just starts running willy-nilly in every wrong direction screaming for help it is so of a different era because Mm -hmm. as you're saying this i'm playing britney spears till the world ends in my head because that was a big (laughs) 2012 hit right like that's like leading up to 2012 that was 2011 but like up into it because it was all about like in 2012 we were obsessed with the fact that the world was about to end do you remember yeah. that like yeah. everybody because was super movie. into it yeah yeah the mayan well, calendar, and, and because man. of the mayan calendar the mayan and the calendar. books i worked at borders when we were selling those books <laughs> and people were like fucking rich white people they <laughs> bought those books <laughs> like they were again like the bible you know yeah. what i mean like they were like do you have eight more do you have like <laughs> not, do you have other sources that can tell me that the world's gonna end oh they were they couldn't wait so like it was like, it was i wild. have my bunker i am prepped i have oh children. yeah I'm ready. Just really, because, so what I'm imagining as she's like, this This is such a dated moment because we're thinking about, this is post-Sorority Road. This is post-Jennifer's mm-hmm. Body. These are films mm-hmm. where we see sexuality done pretty well, actually. Even mm-hmm. when it's not done well, it's still done well. Jennifer's yeah. Body's done perfectly. Yeah. But like, Sorority Row, okay. I, you know, there's a lot to love. And yeah, so and punches above its weight. Punches pun- above its weight. Agreed. So yeah. this is like, this is two steps forward, 10 steps back. That's like, this exa- is yeah. like... Mm-hmm. So it doesn't feel it, it, it doesn't feel congruent. And then it, it, the meanness, and I know we touched upon this a little mm-hmm. bit, but I want to bring up one scene when that ugly guy, sorry, he's not ugly. Nobody's ugly. Everybody's beautiful. Mm-hmm. When when that like kind of snivelly, shitty like blonde dude is, tries to steal from his grandpa at the nursing home and his oh, grandpa yeah. who breaks is, scare. Who is the who is the boyfriend and or just fuck buddy of the sexy Santa daughter of the mayor of the town. And the connections in this pretty shithead. little liar's world. Who is a complete shithead. Complete shithead. I gotta go see Tiffany. 
You remember my groupie Tiffany, right? I'm boning her pretty regular now. I can't wait. I can't wait to watch his death. And by the way, very gratifying when he does. Yes. The the problem, what makes this a film that's trapped in itself, the snow globe of it all, is that it's not just the shitty men who die. It's also mm-hmm. like Tiffany, the the uh the, the pseudo sex worker yeah. who is, you know, she hasn't done anything wrong. Uh-huh. I mean, as far as ca- right, like, he's annoying. supposed to be punishing like quote sinners or whatever. What yeah. uh, what does well, she do? This, this gets to something we've talked about on this before in, in episodes that have aired and episodes that have not. The idea that in this era, in the 2000s, kind of like a worst thing you could be was a sex worker. Like, right. I'm going to run off and be a stripper. Like, the idea yep. or putting, like, building I Know Who Killed Me around sort of like the angel and the fallen in Aubrey and Dakota where you have the good enterprising student and then the stripper. And so you have this girl who is, you know, making cash off her body. And she, therefore, is on the list of the sin hunter. She needs to be weeded out. And in this Snow Globe Ots world... It's supposed to be understood that we understand that. And I think yeah. that's where it's hard for me because I'm like, wait, but I'm waiting to find out what her sin is. And I'm like, oh, straight men think it's already been revealed. Like, <laughs> yes. The, oh. the fact of her tempt the, the fact of her temptress existence. Is it because even right. in the even in the I think it's interesting that I think it's very interesting that in the motel room where the shoot is happening, it's not particularly seedy. Like mm-hmm. the guy actually, the the guy who's like producing the shoot, he's not violent. He's not like he's meant to look like kind of kind of grimy. But he's like, you look great, baby. You look great. You're doing great. Like he's saying things to like coax somebody out of their shell to like take photographs of him. But he's not like, listen to me, whore. Like there's not. Right. It doesn't like the room doesn't have like a blinking neon light. There's not like used needles around to indicate a den right. of iniquity. It's just a motel room where people are doing their jobs. And, like, there's an exchange of money for goods and services. But all of those people involved in it need to be weeded out for the simple simple act of participating in trafficking in sex and, and, and women making themselves into sexualized objects because they choose to. I mean, it's just, again, just the laziness. Then when Jamie King is back. Mm Mm-hmm. You're like, fuck, it's it's about time. So, you know, I'm I'm gonna skip ahead because I, I do feel like a lot of it is like there's like this the scene where like they're like and we don't by the way, in Ontario, we never like go scene by scene. I don't know why I felt compelled to do this. I think because it feels like like I it just naturally happened. Because I'm just trying to tell you things that were like happening. Yeah. But yeah. but really somehow we've done this very chronologically and in a linear way. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. Well, and, and each of them, I think that I think that's important for for talking about this episode specifically because of you know, introducing the concept of snow globing the snow globing the movie to right. work through what the um points of evidence are supporting the argument for the yes. snow globe. Yeah. I think one of the strongest scenes that argues for this is when um, T- I think it's Tiffany, the the daughter who's like the sexy Santa, is yeah, sleeping with the Santa shitty daughter. dude that like tried to steal from Grandpa. Yeah. Um, because all of their dialogue is unbearable. All of it. And and I you just don't want to hear any of it, and mm-hmm. and you don't want her to fuck this guy. No. Like it's just it's so it's so hard to watch, and then like. At one point, she's giving him head, and she stops to, like, oh. check on Santa, and he's, like, grabs her head and says, don't stop. I wanted so much better for her. 
She's not like I, presented as a likable character, but I was like, you can. There are so many other blowjobs you can give. It doesn't have to be this. You one. could do any of this guy is such a piece of shit. Yeah, and he's I, and such a piece of the shit. The problem is in in Snow Globe Universe it, because it doesn't know that she's not at his level. It equates them. This man yeah. is like. Yeah, it's true. Uh, engaging in non-consensual moments he is yeah. uh he robs people that he's close yeah. to he is like he is not a good person like what tiffany wore a cute outfit for a calendar i don't yeah. i'm still confused like yeah, like tiffany, she, tiffany dressed sexy on christmas and hates her small town right she's too big for it that's great it. I, you know like i, I mean <laughs> it's it. like I, I just, it, it, it's, 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 it's hard <laughs> to swallow yeah. that pill, but yeah, that's when, again. Especially when you're like, when, when her contemporaries for who else is dying in this movie are like potential rapist guy at the start, um, maybe murderous child who would like rob her mom of heart medication to get to the mall. Right. Like it, there is. They're just the 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 shittiness of people who are weeded out by this killer. The way they are set in parallel with people who aren't actually shitty, they're just sexually active, is like, oh fuck you, come on. And this is a very good parallel to Snow Globe because I not love that, that you brought not that up. Traditional to, to horror, but again, twenty twelve. Right. Yeah. But if if we're looking at it, this is the part of the film where you're like, okay, I'm honestly just really ready for you to leave this. <laughs> yeah. like i like okay i get it i understand the gimmicks but like we got to get you out of here christina yeah you know like yeah. like these people are it's christmas all year round these people are like a little bit robot like this is kind of westworld but for christmas like we got to do something <laughs> about this that's yeah. kind of this this is that turning point where it's uh -huh. like oh okay there's there are no prisoners at this point um uh, jamie king has solved uh at least she figured out she thinks she figured out who the santa is but it turns out it was like the drug dealer like, yeah. she goes to the drug dealer's hotel room. And the drug dealer, because he's a drug dealer in a movie yeah. where a man has never dealt with a drug dealer, um, <laughs> you know, he, like, pulls a gun on her and is, like, ready to kill her dead in the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, like, upon entry. No. Just, like, because, you know, that's what drug dealers do. Yeah. Uh, just here it is. So yeah. um, so she ha she's forced to shoot him in the head, which mm -hmm. is, like, her kind of, like, this moment where it's, like, oh, right, you're a bad bitch. Here we go. Yeah. So, because yeah. she's not here to fuck around. She had a bad Christmas. You know what I mean? Yeah. Once she and had like a bad now, Christmas. her her character arc has is such that at the beginning of near the beginning, closer to the beginning of the movie, she has like a this this bad Santa, this drug dealer, Mister Snow. Um, she has him in hand. Um, but he gets away because she couldn't like. It kind of asserts that like I let him get away, like I couldn't pull the trigger. It's like, well, you didn't need to kill him. Like you could have apprehended him. But like, so totally. she has this crisis of confidence call with her dad, and she's like, I'm not cut out for this. Like I thought I was. Like I thought I was a brave person before John died. Like her, we 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 never learned how, but like her, it seems like her husband died or was killed or something. Uh huh. She this is her first Christmas without him. So dad has to talk her through. This isn't the first time. A Bradamore had to bring down a bad Santa. You'll find him. You'll catch him. And this is, I think, I think that scene is a very good example of Jamie King's separate movie that she is in. Yes, because she I agree. handles that call and that catharsis really well. And so yes. coming through to this moment where she is confronted by drug dealing bad Santa, not necessarily murdering bad Santa, she proves she's worth it as an officer by killing him because he draws down on her. So in the Snow Globe version of this, because you definitely know, like, outside of this world, her husband died in real life last Christmas. That's what's sad about it. So now it right, feels yeah. like, okay, the very sad mystery has been solved. Put a pin in that, folks. So <laughs> yeah. 
when we when she shoots this guy dead, it does feel like almost a climax. It's like, wow, okay, so she stood up, she got her shit together, she's gonna stop people from being bad, and she looks on the counter, and there is a tiny present that's like wrapped, and she's like, oh shit, my dad got one of those randomly in the mail today, and nobody questioned it. Mm-hmm. So she has to run back to the house because somehow her dad has like is no longer at the parade. Yeah, is, he's got home very quickly. Very quickly for king of the parade. For King yeah, Santa. Yeah. I'm like, wow, girl, you didn't even stop for a drink? Okay. Yeah, no after party? I mean, people people really, you know, it's a small town. People clear up fast. And so <laughs> um, so dad's there. Um, he's been disemboweled. He's completely dead. Mm-hmm. And then mom is just hysterically screaming in the closet because it's not Jamie King's real mom. It's her It's her snow globe mom. So she's like playing a caricature of a woman who is like in peril. <laughs> yeah. and, and Jamie has to look her at her. Been- She's been bound up and she is tied in the closet because she wasn't on the naughty list. Right. Oh, very good point. Yeah. Um, and so, and 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 basically, uh, Jamie King has to, like, tell her to be quiet for a second so she can, like, get her <laughs> shit together. Yeah. It's like, it's like a very real moment where it's like, I understand that this is what has to happen in the scene. Yeah. But I need, I need a little bit less. And, uh, <laughs> and so she ends up going back to track. She's got to track and kill the Santa because obviously she just killed her dad. So, and she's had a lot, again, a bad Christmas. Really bad Christmas. You know, and 2020 has been a year where we've all had a little bit of a rough time. and so if there was a christmas movie to go with 2020 for me it would be silent night because jamie jamie king is she is she has that dramatic past she's here Mm -hmm. to confront a very shitty christmas and and she is gonna come after that santa whether the rooms are red or green yep so if i've left anything out before we get to this (laughs) No, no, I think we are ready to we, we are ready to go to the climax, which is the showdown in the police station. She faces off against this this uh, crazy Santa, mm-hmm. uh, this crazy Santa in a way that like harkens back to um, what what the snow guy, snowman, uh, the Santa from earlier that she shot dead in the hotel. Oh, Mr. Snow. Mr. Snow. The way that yeah. Mr. Mr. Snow told her in Urban Legend about, like, a Santa who was, like, mm-hmm. his wife cheated on him. Ugh, boring. Straight men. Again, yeah. please just workshop this shit. Like, like just <laughs> take it out of your film school class. Like, like seriously, bring it to a woman. Bring it to a queer person. Again, and I don't want to do all the work for you. No, but, like, I'll help you. I will. I want better work. So, and anyways. Make it, be, make it be about, make your movie about something other than your penis. Truly. And the... I'm sorry she broke your heart. Did you yeah. have to bring a flamethrower to the bank? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I heard this story. This fella was pissed that his wife left him on account of him being a dull man. She took up with a more exciting fella. The husband was distraught. He went to the party they were at. Dressed as Santa. Took with him a weapon. One he made with his own hands. And he set about killing them that was not. This guy is an idiot, but okay, so we're so now we've been given another piece of the very sad mystery, and we're like, okay, I guess I could be satisfied here. She faces off against crazy Santa, mm-hmm. and what is an indescribable moment after she like kind of kills him, but like does she? Question mark. Yeah. We see just a pushing on like the mask on fire burning, mm-hmm. and it and it goes on for hours. It is a, <laughs> it is an extended. <laughs> 
ended that <laughs> I just kind of refuse to believe that that would burn that long. I feel like that would have turned to ash instantly. How did they shoot that? That's a piece of plastic. <laughs> so, in, but because of the magic of the snow globe world, this uh-huh. thing burns forever because that is like the sig- that is the key to getting Jamie King out of the snow globe. In right, order to get out, she has found the item that has been mm-hmm. holding her captive. And so we yeah. watch it burn. And you think this is where the credits are going to roll. And guess what? They fucking don't. <laughs> they don't roll they because don't. we get in the spirit of Black Xmas, we get mm-hmm. one more flashback. They were like, did you want a flashback on that flashback? Let's roll the tape back just a little further. Turns out, (laughs) baby Jamie King was in the truck watching Santa set himself on fire Uh because that was her real dad. Or, like, it's like, so Santa is, like, super pissed that his wife cheated on him and, like, tries to kill the guy who, like, I guess cheated on her and, like, sets him on fire and it's this Mm -hmm. whole showdown. And it's revealed that Jamie King's dad uh-huh. was the guy that shot him. She is that he was the he was the the cop on duty. Drop your weapon, Ronald! Please, don't make me do this. And ended up shooting him. And it also like something happened. It goes wrong with his DIY flamethrower that he made, and he ends up setting himself on fire and burning alive. That is. Like we 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 like we've gone through the whole movie. Nobody we have has not established she's been adopted. Right. There is no. nobody has explained any of this. Just suddenly, as like a button, we come back. We see the origin story of Murder Santa. We watch this happen, and it's in slow motion, and it's all sad. And then we slowly push in on a tr- on an old beat up truck that is sitting across the street from all of this melee happening in the origin story moment of Bad Santa. And baby Aubrey, little girl Aubrey, is sitting in the back of the truck watching this all play out. And only after everything, then we're like, oh, would you like to know more? Then we are told in, in the epilogue, basically, all of that character information. Which, near as I can tell, amounts to... Jamie King, having spent the movie hunting down murder Santa, who is in fact her biological dad, who is sin-hunting people in her snow globe town of Cryer, Wisconsin, and in the process, he kills her adoptive dad, who she may or may not know is her adoptive dad, who is the King Santa of this town and was the police officer that gunned him down when he murdered Santa years ago, tried to mass murder people in the town by burning them alive and those people included his ex-wife who he was pissed at for cheating on him completely useless i fucking love it (laughs) in the in the grand spirit of ott's excess Mm -hmm. here is an explanation a backstory for your backstory that you didn't need because it had already been together but her very sad mystery well okay so here there are two options i i do like option b because option one is that like the dad drove that truck that she was sitting in mm-hmm. and then like set like the, the guy on fire and then himself while she watched or option B six year old Aubrey drove herself to that location to watch her dad, the sheriff fight Santa, which I also love. I could, I could live with that. And because there has been to zero setup, Santa. either one of those is an equal option because yeah. there is no evidence to either one. No, none. Whatsoever. I, they they don't there's no there's there's it's 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 a really choose your own adventure with that ending bit. 
And the way that Aubrey fights her way out of the snow globe. And I, I did skip, I did breeze over this one moment, but I love it because she figures out the crossword that she was trying to solve with her snow globe dad, right. which is the six-sided item is a snowflake. Is a snowflake. And then she is on her way to that precinct. She is going to burn that mask and release herself from the Ott's prison she is trapped in. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's when we get the backstory of like the alternate Aubrey and, and what had brought her there. And I think I do just want to point out that the demise of Malcolm McDowell's sheriff character. Oh God, how did I miss it? In a quintessent, like it's a perfect character resolution for him, because Bad Santa has a flamethrower yet again, and he's in the he's in the the police station, and Malcolm McDowell brandishes a gun and says, "Oh, big mistake, bringing a flamethrower to a gunfight." Then proceeds to not fire his gun at nope. all and just stands there as he gets burned to death he has he has the mo- he has the moment to end yep. the story and in his bluster he delivers a one-liner and then fucking dies because he had to send that tweet and get mad that it didn't have enough likes <laughs> yeah you know what i mean sent that like, tweet. that's it he is he he could not help but be himself that was his demise yeah, and I think it's a perfect end because it, it is it is the perfect reward for his incompetence. Like, in the way that this movie becomes the backwards commentary of the exact thing that it is, it is actually the perfect poetic justice ending for dipshit sheriff to I hate die to say it, but it fucking is. After it- giving his, like, David Caruso, mm-hmm. like, Miami Vice one-liner. Not Miami Vice, uh, was it CSI Miami one-liner? And then, boom, dead. That's it. That that's it. No, I think so, this is so this is so Queen this is so essential to our Ots criterion. I truly think it coming after the decade acts as a bow, as a Christmas bow. We can take the is. whole decade in inventory at this point to have all of these things, all of these little elements can exist as commentaries on the tr- on the so many tropes that it contains that are littered throughout the 0 to 10 stretch. It just, it's a warehouse of just like, keep picking cliches off the shelf and we're going to send them up one by one. And because everything is angry and bad and like exploitative in this movie, this is an exploitation movie, besides Jamie King, it properly, like, it dirties up it dirties up the material in a way that is it dirty commensurate with how that kind of feeling was so pro, was so prominent in the 2000s and god suddenly it's the be- it's 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 an essential silent night film you in might even say that this film is like a christmas tree just decorated with all of the ornaments of it the it is it is adorned with the ornaments of the 2000s you are right and it is wrapped mm-hmm. in lights saturated it. lighting it's 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 it is exactly what it sets out to be and this is what i will say about why it should be odds Tyrion. i i know that we anything any if i love if you love it it's worthy of yep. love i That's will right. say there's so much of this movie that i hate but what I love mm-hmm. is watching yeah. it the way that I watch it. And when You're art right. is released into the world, no matter what the intention of the mm-hmm. you know misogynist who made it is, not that this yeah. person is a misogynist, yeah. I'm not making assumptions. Mm-hmm. Once the art is released into the world, uh-huh. it is in the eye of the beholder. It is exactly how you receive it. And listen, yeah. we've all seen Donnie Darko. We know good movies can happen by accident. So <laughs> yeah. 
if that movie can be an award. We've all seen Drive. We've all seen Drive. Yes, we've all seen Drive. We know that it can be a Criterion film and and be a total accident. And (laughs) Silent Night, to me, is that entry in Ozterion. And I think that's important to include those, like, lightning strikes. Yes. Like, the fact of those lightning strikes, the fact to capture them in a bottle, and to take something that is so, like, this movie is exploitation misogynist B cinema. That if it is aware of that, it's fucking genius. If it is not aware of it, it is borderline irresponsible. (laughs) thanks, thanks Thanks to people like us, archaeologists of this era like us, (laughs) <laughs> we can not find the value in it to say that it is an outstanding artistic achievement, but we cannot say it is essential to the discourse. It's important. It's important to the conversation around these movies because we must understand the ways in which we have fallen short and the ways in which that we must do better in order to improve and do better, in order to raise the bar. And when you give us a fucking charcuterie plate... Of the things about the 2000s that were the most, that were the most like worthy of being discarded and then present them in just such a tidy way for us to put this reading on it. Like, I I don't know how you, engaging in this conversation to me is like sharpening a knife. It's how we sharpen our knives to go forward and have better tools to use in the future to make better horror cinema. Wow. Jordan, where can we find you? You can find me at Twitter at J-O-R-C-R-U, Jorcrew, and you can find me on Patreon, where your contributions help uh, help fund passionate endeavors like Odds Tyrion. So why wouldn't you want to kick over the dollars? I know I would. And where can we find you, Sam? You Finding, can find me. Where can we find you for more absolutely required cultural analysis. (laughs) You can find my completely useless reads on film at Sam Wyman on Twitter. (laughs) Just fucking it all up for you. You can find me on Instagram, not posting very often at Sam Wyman. And you can find me on like Spotify and and Apple Music this time of year because I am singing uh, (laughs) some Christmas jams, some queer Christmas jams to keep you warm in this COVID, COVID night. Oh, COVID night. The stars uh, are bright and shining. Here's to you, Jamie King. Here's to you, thank Jamie you, King. Thank you, Jamie for King. getting out of that fucking snow globe. You fucking made this movie. We love you. Merry Christmas to everybody and Jamie King. <laughs> Especially Jamie King.